0: You think you've got issues? Hi, I'm Dr. Laurie Appel. Welcome to my podcast where we will be talking about a variety of mental health issues because, you know, we've all got issues. So last podcast, I explored how to effectively communicate in a relationship communication being the cornerstone of a healthy relationship. However, despite our best efforts to communicate well, relationships will have inevitable conflicts. So this podcast, I want to focus on what to do when these inevitable conflicts occur. It is impossible to be in a relationship with someone without having conflicts. No matter how well you communicate as a couple, there are going to be times when you argue, when you disagree, when tempers flare, and when you feel that no matter how well you've each expressed yourself, you just can't come up with some type of resolution. Today, I want to discuss what to do when that happens. What are the ways that couples can resolve conflicts? How can we manage our anger at each other? And how can we come back to each other as partners rather than as combatants? Now, I could talk for hours about resolving conflicts. I won't, but I'm going to focus on a few really important points when it comes to dealing with conflicts in relationships. For many of us, the problem begins with the approach. We may be thinking about how angry or disappointed we are, and so we approach a conflict with these feelings. But we neglect to think about what our end game is. We neglect to think about what type of resolution we want. And what I mean by this is what do we want to get out of the discussion? In this discussion, do we need to really take a stand? Do we need to find a compromise? Do we just want to open the door to talking about something that's uncomfortable? And if you think about what that end game is, you're already primed to more constructive communication. Rarely does something need to be communicated immediately. So taking the time to assess what the end goal of our discussion is, is likely going to increase the probability that that goal will be met. Now, the goal obviously is usually a resolution to our conflict, but what type of resolution is it that we're looking for? The best of all possible resolutions is to reach some sort of compromise, right? The proverbial win-win. You get a little of what you want. I get a little of what I want. Each of us are a little happy and a little unhappy. That seems pretty fair. And ideally, compromise is the best way to resolve a conflict when possible. Both people agree to concessions and neither person feels entirely defeated. However, in order to do this, both people must be open to small concessions, and both people must be willing to hear and understand the other person's position. In a compromise resolution, both partners must be willing to give up a little bit of what they want. This is difficult, though, if one or both of you feel really strongly about an issue. When this happens, people can get very heated and continue discussion can have diminishing returns. When this happens, I suggest that you postpone the conversation temporarily. Sometimes it's best to put a pin in it for the time being and to take some time to think things through. Otherwise, the heightened emotions that come up make rational discussion impossible. Couples end up saying things they wish they hadn't or they dig their heels in, and a dialogue becomes a screaming match. When this happens, you must agree to come back to the discussion later when you've both had a chance to think calmly about the situation. Hopefully, one of you is still calm enough to suggest coming back to it at a later time. Taking some time away from a conflict also gives you the chance to think about and consider your partner's point of view, or even to brainstorm about alternative compromises that you hadn't thought about when you were too busy digging your heels in. However, this is really important. You must come back to it. Because if you don't, you end up in a pattern where you just avoid conflict and start harboring harboring resentments toward each other. And a conflicts or smaller conflicts end up evolving into much larger ones later. Another way that conflicts can be resolved is through accommodation. If an issue is really important to your partner, but not so important to you, simply give in. Giving in to your partner from time to time really builds goodwill and allows the other person to mirror your flexibility. But don't be the one who is always accommodating, especially when you don't want to, because that's going to lead to feelings of resentment. The accommodation resolution needs to be used by both of you. Some of us are so scared of losing a relationship or scared of someone getting angry or upset with us that we overuse accommodation. And we never really get our needs met in a relationship. This can lead to us feeling depleted and depressed. Then sometimes we may end up acting out in passive aggressive ways to get back at our more assertive partner. Now, the other side of accommodation is to be firm and stick to your guns about something, giving a clear and unequivocal message about your needs. Kind of like giving your partner an ultimatum. You know, I think that ultimatums have really been given a bad rap in the last few decades. Perhaps as a result of a kind of 70s movement toward self-fulfillment and self-expression and a focus on individual freedom and expression, we were given the message that placing demands on our partners held them back from self-discovery and was therefore detrimental to relationships. However, I think the tide is turning. The current view is that in healthy relationships, we do have to give up some, some of what we want. We do have to meet someone else's needs, and we have to expect them to do the same in return. Frankly, in my opinion, if you don't want the burden of expectations or, ult- or ultimatums, if you want to be free to do whatever you want, whenever you want, don't get married, don't have children, don't have intimate friendships, or even really be part of a community... People often tell me that they don't like the idea of giving, of giving ultimatums because they feel that if they give an ultimatum, they are threatening their partner. And I see it differently. All of us have expectations in relationships. Ultimatums are just those expectations made explicit. Rather than walking around with implicit relationship, the implicit expectations that we never tell our partner, it basically states, this is what I need from you and If you can't meet this need, this is what I'm going to have to do. For example, I need a commitment from you. And if you can't see this happening in the next few months, I will have to move on. I think that what really scares people about ultimatums is not the threat to their partner, but the threat to the relationship and the burden of responsibility for possibly actually doing something if your partner can't meet your need. It's often much easier in the short term to suffer with unspoken needs than to risk losing a relationship. However, in the long run, when we don't ask our partners for what we want, we deprive ourselves and we feel resentful. If we ask, we have knowledge. If we have knowledge, we have choices. And when we have choices, we are empowered. Just be ready to follow through on what you've asked because if you don't, What you're asking will never be taken seriously in the future. Okay. So, when it comes to conflicts, we can find a compromise. We can postpone if things are getting too heated. We can accommodate or we can take a stand with our partners. Hopefully, any one of these will come eventually to some sort of agreement. But this is not the end of conflict resolution. Next, it's really important to talk about what will be the potential problems with the solution that you've come up with and what changes will be necessary to ensure that the resolution is followed through with. Now, this is often what I do with couples when I see them in sessions because a lot of times couples are so anxious to be done the fight, they really don't want to think about the potential hiccups in the solution or what they need to do even to implement the solution. For instance, if you've agreed that your partner will take a more active role in parenting, you need to be really specific about what that's going to look like. Like your partner will still start doing the bath routines at night with the kids. Then you need to look at the potential problems that might come up and find ways around that. A potential problem may be that bath time is when your partner usually goes out for a run. So you're going to need to figure out, well, how do we fit that in? Or your partner may anticipate that since you've been doing the bath, that you'll likely end up critiquing or trying to micromanage how your partner does it. Like For example, that's something that I would do. If I was doing something for a long time and somebody else was taking it over, I'd want to micromanage it. So if you've got to figure out a solution for that, maybe you need to literally leave the house to avoid making suggestions to your partner or following around after them trying to clean up. Also, couples rarely check in to see how things are going with the solution that you've come up with. So it's important to set a date to review how things are going and where you stand at this point. Otherwise, what ends up happening is the initial motivation toward change begins to lag and things gradually go back to the way they were, ultimately leading to another conflict coming up. So we've explored so far in my podcast, effective communication with their partner and resolving conflicts with their partners. What I see as the biggest obstacle for couples regarding communication and resolving conflicts is anger. And this is what most couples come into my office to figure out how to manage. But we're going to talk about that in my next podcast. So stay tuned for a session on dealing with anger in relationships. I'm Dr. Laurie. Thanks for listening. Dr. Laurie Appel is a licensed psychologist in New Jersey and Pennsylvania. Her license and practice information is available on her website, laurieappelpsyd.com. All information provided on Dr. Laurie's podcast is solely for educational and informational purposes and is not meant to serve as psychological counseling. If you have personal issues you would like to explore, please contact a licensed mental health professional in your state.